Welcome to the Danny Goldberg Rock and Rolls Hour. In this podcast, Danny shares his longtime connection to the path of the heart, as well as his very engaged life of social activism. If you are interested in supporting Danny's podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Danny. Hi, this is Danny Goldberg, and this is Rock and Rolls, and I have a return guest to the podcast, Ben Lee. We did our first one about a year ago in January of last year, and he has done a recorded a new album that uh, that I uh, wanted him to tell you about and to and to tell me about. So, um, Ben, it's called. It's called Ben Lee sings songs about Islam for the whole family. And what uh, what made you do this record? Well, this is really a project I started about three years ago with the idea of doing kids' music about all of the five major religions: uh, Hinduism, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, and Islam. And it was because I've been such a passionate an avid student of all the various religions and in my own understanding have sort of really come to appreciate them poetically and allegorically and symbolically and just found such beautiful truths within all of them. And I thought in terms of the, uh, we really need more religious tolerance and also I would love to contribute to young people beginning to see past fundamentalism and orthodoxy in terms of religion and really seeing the common thread between all of these different narratives. So I started this project and, you know, you know how I am. I have so many different projects going on. So it was, I intended to release them all together and it was when, um, when this, when everything started happening in the last month with the current administration and the Muslim travel ban, I just felt, ah, oh, I need to get this music out now. I can't wait any longer. It's really urgent and timely to share this concept and these songs with the world. So what kind of research did you do into Islam? I know you've studied a lot of other paths. I, I was not aware that you would done much studying about Islam until this subject came, came up. How did you prepare for the, the record? I, I'm not, it's not like I have a particularly strong academic uh, footing in my study of any of the world religions. I've, I've studied them as a fan, as like a, um, you know, sort of from a Joseph Campbell perspective in terms of looking at the various footprints that these religions can teach us. And so, you know, I've got the Quran. I've read not every word of it, but I've read a lot of it. I've enjoyed um, Islamic. We've actually got some children's books that we read um, to my daughter. I've read over the years, like just really enjoying the sort of um, rich poetic narrative. And none of my, really none of my sort of training, I'm not like a degree in theology in any religion. I've really it's like I've just been – I come from the perspective of seeing very clearly that all of these religions were teaching about how to access higher states of consciousness. They all – clearly like the thing we call God is – it's a way of thinking. It's a psychological state. It's a connection to authenticity and truth. So for me, just knowing Muslim people and 
watching them pray and listening to their stories. And as a Jew, you know how I went to a Jewish school that was very Zionist and stuff, and it it, it painted often quite a critical picture of Islam. But I I never believed that from the beginning. I could see that these were simply people that had sort of chosen to approach the given problem, which is the separation from our higher state of consciousness in a different way. And so I've just been a curious person who's read and thought and researched and studied kind of on my own. Well, before we talk more, uh, let's play one of the songs from the album. And I'm picking uh, Asalamu Alekum. You want to just talk about that for a minute and then people can hear it and we'll continue the conversation. Yeah, well, a lot of the songs are based around um, traditional Islamic prayer phrases or uh, greetings or proverbs. And may God's peace be upon you. Um, it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful greeting. I mean, it's quite, it's it's one that a lot of people know, Islamic people and non-Islamic people. And it's, I just love the idea that we're meeting people and wishing them, wishing them peace, because truly that is the major misunderstanding of Islam. And I'm not talking about the kind of the cultural um, appropriation of the way that these religions have been sort of brought into society and politics and the military and stuff. But the, the, the idea that the, that Islam does not contain at the, the, at its core, a peaceful message is something It's just sort of, it's a, it's a prejudice really. And it's a misunderstanding. So I love that the most common phrase is may God's peace be upon you. So I loved looking at in these verses, um, people going through different sorts of challenges and wishing each other peacefully. And I thought that was a beautiful message to share with children. Cool. Well, let's listen to it. Every day, thinking about God's love in all its many ways. One day, an angry woman tipped her garbage on his head. He just smiled at her, and this is what he said: Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. May God's peace be He saw this poor man was crying The man said, I'm too sick to work I don't know what to do Muhammad said, allow me please To do this work for you Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum May God's peace be upon you one cold night, Muhammad visited a cave. In came an angel and he taught him how to pray. The angel said that there's a God and there's a way. This is the message that we follow to this day. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. 
So that was Alassum. Assalamu alaikum. Great. Like what he said, that's what that was. <laughs> and um, obviously, for the last several decades in the United States, um, there have been uh, conflicts with parts of the Islamic world, uh, starting with, in my memory, the taking of the uh, hostages from the Iranian embassy when President Carter was in office, and most notably the tragedy of 9-11, the, the killing of thousands of people by people who identified themselves as, um, as, as Muslims. Um, so I think that, that for a lot of Americans who have not studied religion as much and who don't have Muslim friends, there is some real confusion about about these two seeming contradictions. One, the perception of uh, marching Muslims in foreign countries saying death to America, mm -hmm. and the idea that Islam is, original of, is a religion of peace. Um, and I know compounding that is some of the language in the Quran, which does mm -hmm. Have some fierce and violent language in the English translations, anyway, that are, that are available. And I know you got some response on some of your social networks alluding to these things. So, what do you say to people who feel this is a, a massive contradiction? Yeah, well, this is a really interesting subject. And I want to be very clear that as an artist and as someone that loves philosophy, I don't need to be an apologist for modern religion because I'm not. And I, I'm very critical of the implementation of philosophical ideas within every religion. Um, while the ideas are beautiful, the implementation of them and institutionalization of them has often been full of horrific error. So I don't want people to misunderstand and think that I'm saying that uh, the our understanding of 
sort of contemporary sort of socialized religion is perfect because that's not what this is about. However, what I do think is really important is to understand that when you read the sacred texts in all of the religions and particularly starting to read some of the mystical commentary on them, whether it's Kabbalistic teachings or the Gnostic Christian teachings or, you know, uh, all these, or whether it's like the Sufi mysticism, you really, you really get the sense that. And just to the, interrupt, Sufi mysticism is connected to Islam, is it not? Yeah. It's like the mystical side of Islam. Yeah. Um, so, so the idea is that all of these religions were originally giving psychological teachings. When they spoke of battles, they were not actually speaking about physical violence. They were speaking of the often violent confrontation with our own internal enemy. So one of the great examples of that in Hinduism is the Bhavad Gita. Yes. I mean, in general, Hindus, we have an understanding that the Bhavad Gita is not telling people to go out and join an army and kill people. Right. Yes. Because they haven't they haven't made that sort of social error in their interpretation of their sacred texts. Now, there are obviously certain types of political and military leaders that came from within regions that uh, are Islamic that have led to that. Those teachings being taken very literally from the Quran. Well, but, just again, if I could just interject yeah. for a moment, even in Hinduism, which I share with you a, a love for a lot of Hindu traditions, but. Gandhi was killed by a Hindu nationalist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there there are even Hindus, although they're not as notorious in the American political landscape, who have uh in my view misinterpreted their own their own uh traditions and become violent. That's not limited. I mean Hindus are not exempt from having people like that. No, that's right. And and also if you're I believe that if you're the type of person who is looking for to be violent, uh, you're going to use any excuse. And religion has, throughout the ages, provided ample, if you take many things out of context, and you can shapeshift it to any agenda. Um, so that's something that's existed in every religion, from like the Crusades, and you know, this, this is something we know. But, and again, I'm not defending every single word of these sacred texts. There are, there are archaic ideas, there are problematic areas, but overall, we could say that what all of these religions sought to do was help teach a way of reaching enlightenment or reaching union with God or connection or living in peace. And so this, the idea of the battle, particularly when we lived in, um, you know, uh, times where war was something that touched most people's lives around the world in a direct or indirect way. Um, it was quite an apt metaphor and quite an apt symbol. And even in star Wars, um, you know, George Lucas was deeply into this whole understanding of the battle between good and evil, and he chose to represent that with a battle, with an intergalactic battle. So from my perspective, as a lover of poetry and philosophy and mysticism, a lot of the teachings that are kind of violent, like in the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna says to Arjuna, you know, Arjuna's neurotic and he says, oh, I can't fight. I can't fight. I'm scared. I feel frozen. And Krishna says, pick up your sword and head into the battlefield. That's a teaching about life. It's a teaching about the way we have to rise each day and deal with what's in front of us. And very sim similarly, I've been very moved by some of the strong imagery and language in the Quran mm. that explains that there is an enemy. 
and we must be merciless towards him. But when we read this from a mythological and symbolic perspective, we realize that that enemy is within us. Mm. We, the, there is an infidel living within us. There are many. There are sides of us that say, oh, just give up. Mm. Don't believe. Don't believe in yourself. Don't believe in your connection. Um, don't believe in peace. And what's, what to me is being taught you know, in that sort of veiled way is the kind of mercilessness we have to have on our own ignorance. So I, that's why there's one song on the album called Happy Heart that is about, it begins with the idea of um, my daughter on the monkey bars and she starts hearing, and it's hard for her to get from one end to the other of the monkey bars. And she starts hearing a voice inside her head saying, why don't you just give up? You're not good enough. You'll never make it. And she says, she responds to it. She says, get out of my way because I don't have time for a thought like you in my peaceful mind. And really that's a song about the image of the infidel of how do we need to speak to the part of us that attempts to destroy us? Well, why don't we hear Happy Heart right now? Great. The other day on the monkey bars, I was practicing trying to go real far when I heard a voice inside my head saying, Why don't you just give up, kid? It's impossible. You're not strong enough. Just let go now. Do some other stuff. But I just kept on doing my thing. And in my heart, this is what I sang. Get out of my head, cause I don't have time for a thought like you in my peaceful mind. Get out of my way, cause you're getting no part of the light I've got in my head. teeth, I laid down my head and my mama tucks me into bed. Sometimes when the lights go out, I think a monster looks about. He's got big teeth and furry red hair. I used to cry out, I used to get scared, but mama taught me another way. Now I look the monster in the eyes and say, get out of my head, cause I don't have time for a thought like you in my peaceful mind. Get out of my way, cause you're getting no part of the light I've got in my head. Than a scene. Back off, buddy, you can't skim me. I got big plans of victory. Grown ups get confused themselves and they put the blame on someone else. They might yell and they might fight, saying they're all wrong and I'm all right. But don't forget the most important thing that the problem isn't additive. Cause I wanna have fun and I wanna be free. And I know where to start, so I'm starting with me. Get out of my head, cause I don't have time for a thought like you in my peaceful mind. Get out of my way, cause you're getting no part of the light I've got inside. Get out of my side, cause there's really no place for a frown like you on my happy face. Get out of my way, yeah, don't even start, cause I'm so full of light in my happy heart. In my
Did you play that for your daughter, that song? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I played her all. She sings on almost all the songs. It's all her friends when they were over would sing on them. That's so cool. So that's her on that. That's her voice. You could just hear on that. I mean, you just hear a gang of kids. And yeah, yeah. My daughter's one of them. Yeah. So it, it, in terms of the reaction that you've had, um, have, you've been reasoning with people that have, cause I know you got some immediate criticism uh, from some people on social media about, about this record. What's been the nature of the dialogue? Well, it's been really interesting because I think people want to paint this subject in very black and white terms. They basically either want to, uh, you have to either basically be sort of an Islamic militant who's like, you know, intent on destroying democracy or anti-religion, um, an atheist, a believer that all of this is antiquated and needs to be thrown out. And when you come and stand in the middle and stick up for the slippery area of symbolism and mythology and poetry, I think people don't quite know what to do with it. So I did see in the comments of some of the, some of the, uh, articles and things that were reporting on the record, some quite uh, sort of ignorant and violent rhetoric as if I was apologizing for um, misogyny and homophobia, and, you know, all these various things yeah, that people yeah, can associate. Yeah. And, and again, I can only say that I'm coming from the perspective of a lover of poetry and we need to be discerning and we do need to decide which ideas do we want to bring into the future, which ideas do we not. But throwing the baby out with the bathwater is not the solution because I'm just somebody who thinks if we, if we lose our connection to all of this ancient culture and ancient way of storytelling, we're just going to become a world obsessed with our cell phones. Um, yeah. Yeah. The alternative is materialism, which uh, also yeah. – has uh, has quite a bit of uh, destruction and darkness associated with it as well. That, 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 that's another that's another religion, really, the religion of materialism, which is uh, which which is not called a religion, but it's a dominant belief system that, uh, that yeah. has very mixed results. And people, it's like people are afraid to think for themselves um, and be discerning. They have to go with a party line. And say, okay, I'm all in with Bill Maher or I'm all in with, you know, whoever it is. It's like, um, especially I think the liberal intelligentsia, they, they kind of sometimes, sometimes can be swayed very easily by this all or nothing kind of atheist intellectual rhetoric that goes on. And, and I think, you know, for me, it's sort of it, the way I'm trying to respond to these questions is just, be very authentic and present to the challenge that like, I think the big thing that's come out for me in the last week. And as I've begun to speak to people about this is realizing that I do live in a little bit of a, my own bubble also, as we all do, that has to do with an appreciation for various types of philosophy. And I am, and, and, and my love of religion and spirituality. And I sort of had forgotten a bit what a hot button subject this can be. And it's been really, I've been really trying to validate and hear people that get scared yeah. about this subject because I don't think yelling at them is, it's certainly not the message I'm intending to bring. I'm saying that like if we, let's look for the seeds of peace 
that have been sown throughout every culture and every religion. And let's continue to water them and and enjoy them and share them and share the stories that are inspiring and see that this idea that, you know, again, whether or not you call it God or whether or not you believe in God, there are clearly states of consciousness that are more elevated than others. In fact, I think that one of the major criticisms that people are having of the current administration is that it is it is making decisions from a fear-based consciousness. Mm. I mean, anyone will tell you that. Atheists will tell you that. They'll mm. just say, you're, you're acting out of fear, which is within that, inherent in that, is there's a way of saying there are actually higher, more evolved states of consciousness. So if we just realize that all of the religions were seeking the same thing. How do we operate on a daily level from more evolved states of consciousness? And I'm trying to bring the subject back to that place and to, re- to, to realize that, you know, there's um, the, these are, religion is, you know, it's here to stay to some degree. Obviously, we're living in a more secular time. And I'm, I'm happy that we have the amazing scientific uh, you know, insights that we're having. And I don't want to go back to superstition mm. for sure. But I also think that teaching our children to think and to pull their valuable things out of the past and to carry them with us as a connection to our ancestors is really important. Well, you mentioned Bill Maher. I, I'm a, both a fan of his show. I, I, I think I've watched almost every, every episode. And I, I also disagree with the way he talks about religion. He obviously has his own personal personal uh, issues that he brings to it but for the sake of the conversation a point that he makes is that the crusades were a long time ago and that there was a period when certainly christians had a lot of blood on their hands or there was a lot of blood on their hands in the name of christianity based on things like the crusades but that that was hundreds of years ago and in this era you know you have something like the um a bombing at the at the uh, Charlie Hebdo French uh, comics place where dozens of people were murdered because of supposedly uh, insulting the prophet. You have um, uh, jihadists who who will um, kill themselves in order to kill other people in the name of what they claim is a version of of Islam, and that that's the that's the tradition that is resulting in, in, in a lot of the current uh, violence around the world distinct from other traditions. I, I'm not defending that point of view, but I'm just curious, what do you say to people who buy into that point of view? But again, I, I, the place I'm coming from is not even about tradition. Tradition is about the socialized norms created around religion. Mm. That's not what I'm interested in. Right. I'm interested in like the mystical heart of religions. Mm. And, you know, how can you disagree with that? How can you disagree with that? There's a problem with the interpretation of, um, of Islam and of the Quran and that this, the excuse of using it for violence is, you know, has become rampant. There's, there's no, it's not even worth debating. It's so obvious that that's happened, as you said. But again, that does not stop us from appreciating the richness and the philosophical contribution mm. that was made by those that sought union with a higher consciousness mm. in that part of the world with that particular narrative and those characters and Muhammad. And, the, you know, these are yeah. these are still stories that 
contain richness and that we can we can dream with. And that's I think I, I'm sort of trying to shift the conversation. Again, I'm not a politician and I don't feel that there's I don't need to have answers about how do we deal with Islamic fundamentalists because that's not really my job. It's not but, your job. You're an artist yeah. and a philosopher. Yeah. But I but I can say that there is value in these sacred texts and please do not throw them out just because there's a bunch of crazy people in the world who are looking for uh, something to put behind their, you know, political agenda. No, and there's a billion people in the world, I think, approximately, who identify as Muslim and, and certainly less than 1% of them identify with this with this violence. And, and I think in the United States of the millions of American Muslims, uh, you know, the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of whom live in, in peace and harmony with their, with their neighbors who are feeling, uh, personally threatened, you know, uh, at, at, at this moment, um, that's the context presumably in which you decided to give all of the proceeds from this album to, uh, for, or, or for the next year, the proceeds of this album to the ACLU. How did, how did you come to that? Well, I just found, I mean, the idea of basically religious profiling troubles me for the very reasons we talked about that it totally gives in to the idea that religion has become that sort of the, the our current understanding of this religion has been become more connected to a kind of political and cultural identity than to the mystical root of it and for me it just rubs me the wrong way that we i mean i don't i'm not unique in this Every, i think everyone i know feels very similarly that i mean I know musicians who are Muslim mm. who have no interest in <laughs> have no it really like that if they have a religious or spiritual practice it's incredibly private mm. um, they're really interested in making music and traveling around the world with it and sharing it and the idea that though the rights to share our um, our kind of talents and our gifts and our you know we have I have um, a neighbor next door who's an academic who comes from a Muslim country. And uh, like these are, it's just a misunderstanding that, like you said, that everyone who is a Muslim has a political agenda that they want to inflict upon our, you know, democratic country that we live in. So, so for me, especially because I feel when I he actually hear the word Islam, I think of, oh, it's about a pathway to God. Mm. How can you, it feels so dangerous to begin to say that one pathway to God is less valid or is dangerous than another. And I just, uh, I, I like the idea of protecting the freedom to consider that you can get towards the truth in various methods and not kind of, uh, I don't know, not persecuting people for that. Well, it's particularly ironic with Islam because Islam, Christianity, and Judaism all really, they all uh, acknowledge what we call the Old Testament, for starters, mm -hmm. and, um, and they, 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 they all derive kind of from the same family of human beings going back thousands of years. It, it's, it's, it's the same God they're all talking about in different, in different ways, whether you call them the Father, Allah, 
mm-hmm. you know, Yahweh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's one of those weird things about, about, uh, human beings. But what about your Jewish roots? Uh, you know, certainly there are, there are a lot of different messages one gets being raised Jewish. I was raised Jewish a couple of decades earlier in a different country, but the shadow of the Holocaust is one that, mm. that you, you get. And of course, the idea of singling out a religion for separate treatment uh, was 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 in the genetic code of the horrors of the Holocaust. Um, so I know some Jews are particularly sensitive and opposed to anything to do with a religious test, and others who identify so much with with a, where Israel becomes almost a religion as opposed to a to a, to a state for people are feel so uh, threatened by Muslims. Uh, any of that tension inside you, or, or, or in terms of the people you grew up with in the Jewish community in Sydney? I'd say for sure people I grew up with. For me, as I began to journey into mystical thought, it became very clear to me that Jerusalem is not a physical location. Mm. Just like the messianic age or the Christ or the Mashiach or the Buddha, it's something that has to be found within each of us in our heart. So I very much separated myself from these types of national nationalistic or materialist conversations about the implementation of religion, because for me, it really short changes the mystical journey. Um, so it's quite funny being someone with a mystical inclination in the modern world, because again, we're seen as having to have a political viewpoint on every religious conflict in the world. You know, I don't have an answer to the conflict between Israelis and Muslim and Palestinians or Islamic people just because I have an interest in both of the philosoph of the concepts yeah, within yeah. religion. <laughs> but it's funny how people assume you sort of have to. Um, and for me, Zionism is one of those things that, you know, I don't have an answer to it. I don't know. It, it, this seems like much more of a political concept though, than a mystical concept to me. Mm. For me, the, the mystical implementation becomes, can I prepare when I sing at the Seder table, when, wherever I go for Seder, to my mother-in-law, to my mom, wherever, and we sing next year in Jerusalem, what am I singing? I'm not imagining next year I'm going to end up actually in Israel, in Jerusalem. I'm saying next year, next year, make next year the year that I'm connected to the truth. Mm. Make next year the year that I arrive. And if anything, the more that I can help sway the conversation back to the symbolic meaning of these ideas rather than their literal interpretation, I think I've added a good two cents to the conversation because there is no shortage of people debating the physical ramifications. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, fundamentalism, to me, I don't know what the dictionary definition is, but the idea of taking literally uh, English translations of ancient uh, texts and assuming that one is supposed to base behavior based on these literal translations of, of, of the words is so contrary to the 
mystical essence of them and, and just not rational because any other language from a thousand years ago, just even the meaning of words has changed so much. Um, not to mention going through different cultures and, and languages, but one word, which I know you like, because you've used it in one of your own songs and you use it in a song on this album is the word surrender. And, you know, for many of us in the, in the West, in America, and trying to function in the world, surrender feels like losing and, yeah. and like weakness. And mm. yet you don't use it that way. And, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the concept of, of, of surrender as, as an aspiration as opposed to a defeat. Well, well, if we go back to the Bhagavad Gita, that's an amazing example where Arjuna, who is frozen in fear on the battlefield, is told to surrender and to fight. Like his job is to stand up and go into this inner battle, to fight it, and he's told to just surrender to that. So it's really interesting because a lot of the hippie or new age idea of surrender has to do with passiveness, passivity, or um, go with the flow, man, everything's cool, just relax. Whereas from a mystical standpoint, often what we're surrendering to is massive action. Like for me, these types of conversations around this album, they're actually not that exciting to have. Like I'm actually a little nervous about them yeah. because I know how provocative they are for people. Yeah. Yet I feel personally very called to share this music and these ideas at the moment. Mm. So I'm surrendering into action. Mm. So, so I think the best understanding of surrender is allowing your destiny to unfold, like not standing in the way of it with your own agenda. And it's tricky. You know, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, like how to discern between what is your higher calling and what is the ego mm. um, with its own, you know, obviously agendas and needs for attention and validation. And, you know, there's an incredibly personal journey that I think we're each on in discerning between those two voices. But the basic principle is that, look, stop fighting it. There are things you have to do. There are things that are not going to be done in this world without you doing them. Relax and let the process unfold. And this is a very spiritual idea of surrender. Mm. And, um, well, I, I, um, I'm so glad that you made this record. It was, um, I think that if nothing else to send out a vibration of love and respect to Muslim Americans is a huge contribution to the atmosphere right now. And at the same time, esoterically, it tunes in with the themes that presumably you'll have in other records, uh, based on other traditions, uh, for children, because you do have a series of these, I know that you're eventually going to put out into the world. So I guess we will end this with Islam means surrender. And, yeah, and, uh, I, I, and can I just say one more thing? Just, yes, um, please. Just, just to just to the audience who's listening, um, you know, where I'm trying to go with this, it's uncharted territory for me. And so I just, if any of my ideas have not been articulated properly, um, just ask me about them. Um, people can find me on social media very easily. This is a conversation that we need to be having, a dialogue. Um, I'm sure I've been clumsy 
with some of my wording, even in this podcast, maybe on the album. But I'm just excited about contributing to a dialogue about an appreciation of the mystical elements of the world's religions rather than sort of these blanket um, rulings about their implementation. So just thank you for your understanding and flexibility as we have this dialogue. Yeah, and to quote another Ben Lee lyric, we're all on this together. So uh, please, we will end this with the song Islam Means Surrender. Uh, I thank you uh, for doing this. It's a a light, uh, I think, into the minds and hearts of a number of people right now. Thanks, Danny. Cool. Islam means surrender, and that's just what I do. Islam means surrender, so I surrender to you. I used to think being grown-up men, being the boss of yourself. But now I'm older and not much wiser, I guess I need a little help. It doesn't mean you don't get to choose what it is that is important to you. It just means you let spirit lead down the road to your destiny. Islam means surrender, and that's just what I do. Islam means surrender, so I surrender to you. I used to think I knew oh so much, I had it all worked out. Always right and I was acting tough, I guess I was a little proud. Doesn't mean you gotta stand on back, losing ground while you're passed by the pack. It just means you let your big heart lead, down the road to your destiny. Islam means surrender, and that's just what I do. Islam means surrender, so I surrender to you. To all the people on this planet You alone do I worship you, I tell ya And in your name I am asking for your help now Guide us on the straight path The path of those in grace Not the path of those in anger Or wandering astray Amen! Doesn't mean you don't get to choose What it is that is important to you It just means you let spirit what I do. Islam means surrender, so I surrender to you. Islam means surrender, and that's just what I do. Islam means surrender, so I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you.